From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr. some brutal barbs were traded last week in the Wisconsin governor's race. So far, the only high-profile candidate to unseat Democratic Governor Tony Evers next year is former Republican Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish. She called on Republicans to, quote, hire mercenaries and practice ballot harvesting in the same aggressive way she believes Democrats did in the 2020 presidential race. Ballot harvesting is the practice of having an outside party gather absentee ballots from voters and bring them to city clerks on their behalf. It's technically legal, but some frown upon the practice. After Clayfish made her comments, Republican Kevin Nicholson, who was thinking of getting into the race, slammed Clayfish, saying anyone who supports her idea is, quote, dumb as a bag of hammers. Other state Republicans had mixed feelings about the idea as well. So what do you make of Nicholson's comments? Well, there's obviously a tension there, right? Uh, Nicholson is looking at getting in, so he's taking a shot at Clayfish. There's a, a piece of Republican base that is, uh, you know, there's one piece that thinks the election was stolen in 2020. There's another that doesn't go that far but thinks the election rules are stacked against them. There's frustration at the feeling that it's always decisions that come down from various election officials always, in their minds, benefit Democrats. And they're tired of that. And so Clayfish may, in an inarticulate way, be trying to say, look, you know, I'm with you. Let's, let's try and not focus on 2020. Let's focus our energy on 2022. But in doing it, you know, she's saying this thing that kind of raises some eyebrows, right, about we're going to engage in behavior that we think is inappropriate or even maybe illegal, but we're going to do it because the other side does it. It's worth noting, too, that, you know, a lot of things going on last week with elections and audits and everything else, that if the allegations were raised by the Racine County Sheriff of the Elections Commission, the RNC put out a statement uh, seizing on that whole event to say this is why we oppose ballot harvesting. So there's a national party, again, saying that it's a questionable practice. At the same time, its potential nominee for governor in 2022 is saying, bring it on. Again, I get the impression from some folks that maybe Clayfish is trying to kind of redirect that energy that some Republicans have. I just, they're just not sure that's the right way to do it yet. And, you know, we're going to see some tension among GOP contenders for a while because while Clayfish is the clear front runner for the nomination because she's done the most to get there, it's not like she's going to get a free pass for sure. I mean, Nicholas is thinking about it. John Mako is thinking about it, state lawmaker from up the Fox Valley. You know, others are kicking the tires, so she still may get a primary yet. And for Democrats, that's great. They, they want to see her tied up in a primary that forces her to go to the right, that takes time, effort, and money, and leaves whoever emerges from the primary battered or bruised to face Tony Evers, who can kind of sit on the money that he's raising and the state party's raising, run real positive ads about what a great guy he is, and then you know, go on the attack against the nominee the second he or she emerges, potentially broke, right, from that bruising fight and go up in the air and, and take it to him, him or her. Right. Do you think we're looking at an ugly GOP primary just given the emotional comments from last week? It depends. I mean, you know, we're still like 10 months out from the primary, just barely, you know, 12 months out from the general election. 
it's messy right now for sure, but sometimes that mess gets cleaned up a bit as things really start to you know get to where, where voters are paying attention. I mean, really, right now, most voters are not clued into this stuff, right? I mean, political geeks like you and I, yeah, we're paying attention to stuff every day and following what's going on, but. I think most voters, even most primary voters, are not keyed in to this back and forth just yet. They're not really paying attention. they got other things to worry about right now. Also last week, state Senate leaders announced plans to investigate the 2020 presidential election in Wisconsin, which President Joe Biden narrowly won. The new probe would be in addition to one by the state assembly, led by former conservative Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, and comes on the heels of results from the nonpartisan Legislative Audit Bureau, which found there was no evidence of widespread fraud. What do you think the state Senate investigation will look like? Do you think there will be more talk of subpoenaing certain players? It's much more focused on some things that came out of the audit, particularly Madison and its decision not to allow state auditors to physically handle ballots and election records. Um, this is a different beast than what's going on in the Assembly with Gableman, which is like a wide-ranging investigation, $676,000 budget, taxpayer money, you know, all those kinds of things. The chair of the elections committee, committee in the Senate, she's being empowered to, you know, call people in to testify. It would be in public before a committee versus what Gable's trying to do with coming into his private office in Brookfield, a strip mall, and do a deposition, essentially. So it's, it's a different, and, and part of what's going on here is it's not necessarily like a, a rehash of the audit or trying to expand upon the audit. It's more about Madison not giving these records of now Milwaukee County Thomas Walmaco also didn't turn over ballots themselves but they gave other records to the auditors that satisfied them and in talking to the chair the office of chair elections committee chair Kathy Bernier a Republican from Chippewa Falls their indication was that satisfied uh, those, those actions kind of satisfied for the most part and so they're focused on Madison and its decision they were competing legal memos released last week from the Democratic leader of the Senate and the Republican leader about whether Madison was justified in the, the stance that it took. But one of the bottom lines is Senate Republicans want to kind of exert legislative authority. It's in a message of, look, the Audit Bureau is their arm to go look into things, to dive into topics, and they, they have authority or state law to get access to documents and things they need to carry out this legislative function. They are taking a stand saying, you cannot tell the Audit Bureau no. We are not gonna let that stand, let you get away with doing this, so that's why they're calling Madison the mat. Now, I'm sure when this committee comes up, hearing there'll be some tough questions for Madison from Republicans about various things late election, but mostly it's focused about getting those records in the hands of LAB. And again, send that message of the Audit Bureau is an important arm that has this authority and we want you to comply with that authority when they come knocking on your door. And finally, you mentioned this in the beginning, the Racine County Sheriff is accusing the Wisconsin Elections Commission of breaking the law by telling local election officials not to send poll workers into nursing homes to assist residents with voting during the pandemic. 
Sheriff Christopher Schmalling, a Republican who supports former President Donald Trump, is calling on Democratic Attorney General Josh Call to launch a statewide investigation. Schmalling cited the nonpartisan election audit released last month, which determined the WEC did not follow the law when it stopped poll workers from going into nursing homes. So he has that for a backup, and he said the families of eight Racine County residents told investigators they believed their loved ones did not have the capacity to vote, but ballots were cast for them anyway. What do you think will happen here? Well, it's, it's interesting um, talking to people around Madison about what they saw, because on the one hand, you have Republicans who are convinced the Elections Commission is this quote-unquote lawless agency, They've been doing things that, you know, flout state law for a while. They're not happy, so they're thrilled that the Racine County Sheriff is kind of calling to task, right? But there's this question about what's really going on here because, you know, remember the sheriff and an investigator did this news conference, said the Elections Commission repeatedly broke the law and suggested the commissioners were possibly guilty of uh, misconduct in public office. Now, usually, I stress usually, when I see news conference with law enforcement about criminal investigations, it's announcing charges, right? Or like that, here's what's going on. That wasn't what happened here. Um, so that's kind of a question some people had. Well, well why do they have this news conference if we're not talking about there's actually going to be charges come out of this? Is this really just to spur a call for the attorney general to look at this issue and other sheriffs to do it? Well, there are no indications from Attorney General Josh Call, a Democrat, and he's going to follow up on this thing because, quite frankly, Democrats don't think there's this issue here, this illegality that Republicans do. So there's that part of it. Then would the commissioners really be charged? Look, the Elections Commission is authorized under state law to administer elections. There's another piece of state law that says that clerks should send special voting deputies to city care facilities at least twice before they then send absentee ballots to voters who request them to be filled out. Those voting deputies are there to help ensure that these residents uh, vote properly, that they're not pressured, all those kinds of good things. What I'm wondering is, in this gray area, is that power to administer elections give the commissioners the power to suspend a requirement in a different part of state law? I often say I'm not a lawyer, and that's because I... I can't tell you. I'm not going to try and weigh in what the statutes say, one versus another. But there was clearly an argument to be made that the Elections Commission was carrying out its charge of administering the election and doing this. So do people think that the commission should be charged? Probably not. Uh, will they ever be convicted of anything? Really, really, really unlikely. But what happens next, right? So are we going to see other sheriffs open up investigations of nursing homes in there? communities, those kinds of things. It can be fascinating to watch. And ultimately, what happens to the Elections Commission? We saw a flurry of Republicans calling on Mr. Megan Wolf to resign, members of the, the staff to resign, even commissioners to resign. Um, but Megan Wolf was confirmed in May of 2019 on a 32-0 to vote. She's confirmed through June 30th of 2023. She's probably not going anywhere in times, unless she gets tired of the job and wants out of there, she's probably not leaving, right? So she's safe. The commissioners are appointed by, you know, four of them, at least by legislative leaders. It was interesting that Speaker Robin Voss of the Assembly 
a Republican from Rochester, he called on Wolf to resign over this whole thing. But the commissioner he appointed, Dean Knutson, who's also a former GOP lawmaker, voted for the policy of suspending that requirement going to nursing homes by special voting deputies. But Voss didn't call on him to step down or made moves, at least as of late last week, to remove Knutson from the commission. Why not? It's really kind of fascinating to watch how it's going to play out and then what the next step is for election administration in Wisconsin. To give you a little history lesson, in 1974, the Capitol took the power to minister campaign finance and election laws away from the Secretary of State and created the Election and Ethics Boards. Those boards operated for years, and then in the 2000s, bipartisan lawmakers said, enough, we're not happy with that. We're going to create the Government Accountability Board. Republicans then weren't happy with the GAB because it had a role in the John Doe investigation of Scott Walker's campaign. So they created the Elections Commission. Now Republicans aren't happy with the Elections Commission. So then what do you do from here? Do you revamp the Elections Commission? Well, with Governor Tony Evers in office, he's not he's a backstop against anything Republicans want to do election-wise because he doesn't agree with their policies. So if Republicans had full control of the Capitol again, would they do what? Have a create a new commission? go back to the old ways of having the Secretary of State overseeing election laws. Now, I don't get the sense at all that Republicans have coalesced around a next step. What I'm trying to lay out is that Republicans seem to be perpetually unhappy with how election laws are administered in Wisconsin, but what's the answer for them to improve that? Right, That's their challenge. If they, they don't like the way the mousetrap is, build a, how they build a better mousetrap, and oh, by the way, they built the last mousetrap, and they're not happy with it. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.